I'm too low. What's going on? Let me fix this. Uh oh. All right, get a pillow or a stool. <laughs> I'm just bringing my little screen. That's too much. Yeah. Uh, Simon, if you haven't, if you don't know, Veronica's actually shorter than Cole Caulfield, so. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, five. Four. Three. Two. And one. What? Hello, world, is a song that we're singing. Come on, get happy. Ladies and gentlemen, mesdames, messieurs, bienvenue, welcome. To the happy hour. Okay, listeners, welcome back again. Oh my God, the coin flips and the Habs are back. Ah. Holy crap! Who would have thought? My name is David Oje. I'm at MetalDave02 on Twitter.com. I'm joined, as always, by Veronica. Yeah, I'm at C H I L E underscore Pepper on Twitter. And Beth is not with us tonight. Uh, I have some more scheduling things going on, but who we do have is uh. Uh, repeat guest uh, from uh, TSN, or no? Yeah, yeah TSN, yeah. of course. We have Simon Salakis on again. Simon, how you doing? Hello, guys. Doing good. good. Very and good. And also of Simon Salakis Realty or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, real yes. estate broker uh, by day. Also real estate <laughs> broker by night. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, pay the bills, yeah. yeah. So how is that actually going on? Not to veer completely off topic. <laughs> Um, it's nuts. It's, uh, it's been a broker for 12 years. Oh, um, yeah. And, you know, I'm in a pretty old office when I mean an office that's been there well established for years. So we have some brokers in their late seventies and even early eighties that just do it for part-time or just, you know, get out of the house a little bit. And it's amazing because you go for them for answers or questions about what they're seeing play itself out now and, and nobody's got an answer or uh, anything. Uh, l- lack of inventory is the biggest thing. There just simply isn't, at least right. here. Uh, and rates are still low. So the combination of that is what we're seeing. You know, like there isn't uh, a decent property is going to get multiple offers. It's that simple. It's just uh, and with multiple offers, yes, comes somebody gets the home or somebody gets the property, but that means there's multiple people that don't. So uh, people are more frustrated than ever. And uh, what it's going to look like in six months, I have no idea. Somebody can speculate. Somebody smarter than me can speculate, but I just, I won't. Because if you would have told me a year ago, the market that we've seen in the last year, I would have never right. met. Yeah, so. Understood. One of our mutuals cool. posted a photo of a, one of your sold signs in Montreal on Twitter the other day. Yes. It was a lovely LaSalle when yeah. it's in Marinero territory. Oh, no. <laughs> that was funny because awesome. every time I would go there, I would, I would ask Tony, Tony, give me a coffee shop in LaSalle. He's like, oh, come to this one. It's right next to where I am. And because he, he's doing, he's, uh, he commutes over to his wife's dance studio and he does a show from there just to limit the number of people we have in and out of the building. And a couple of times that I was there, he wasn't on the air or I was just in a rush, but uh, he's been helping me out with my uh, lunch <laughs> spots and coffee spots in lovely LaSalle. That is for sure. Oh, that's so cool. Well, cool. Good to hear. Good to hear. So while we're talking Quebec in general, just again to veer over and we will get to hockey at some point because there's so much going on now. Um, COVID-19 vaccinations. Uh, it's either, is it today, tomorrow, today that, uh, if you're 40 and over, you're now eligible for the shot. So if you're looking for shots, go get them. Yeah, they're going fast too. 
Yeah. Good for Quebec. They're lining up. You know, I have a place right near my house, and the lineup is pretty thick every morning. So, uh, good. Good. It's only one way out of it, I think, at least, you know. Very good. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm totally on with that. Get your shots, get them in arms, and just, we got to get past this, people. And the only way to do that is the vaccine. So, please, do the right thing, please. Now, with all that out of the way, do we do Rangers or Habs? (laughs) <laughs> let's go with uh veronica you choose i was gonna say rangers get them out of the way yeah get them out of the way so for those that um have been i guess living under a rock when it comes to social media and just following the what's going on with the league in general tom wilson had himself a game last night um got himself a game misconduct surprise surprise tom wilson uh he's been known to be a bit of a well physical and Biven Enforcer player took it to another level last night when he uh, pretty much body slammed our uh, Terry Panarin uh, to the ice. And before that, cheap shotted book. I think I forget uh, the, the player. Player was yeah. down on the ice and he just gave him a shot in the kidney, you know, with his, or, or, or at least on the, the, the side. Yeah. You know, he was down. It just, it's. Bonkers crazy. You'd expect that in like the playoffs sometimes, maybe, but it was just, it was for, for Tom Wilson. I thought it was a bit over the top, even for him. And so that happens. A lot of people are angry about it. I think it makes sense that they would be angry about it. And uh, today uh, NHL player safety says 5,000 bucks. Thank you, uh, Tom Wilson. That's uh that's the extent of the, uh, of the punishment and for then the one penalty for the one penalty right Our and i was, was a freebie i was wondering if there would be sub- subsequent things but i didn't see any of it so what happens an hour ago or so the new york rangers tweeted out i don't have it in front of me so i don't have it verbatim but they tweeted out that they're very disappointed um and they they pretty much called for uh george perot to be fired from nhl player safety and I, that's a, that's a huge statement for an NHL team to make. Now, Simon, we were speaking just briefly about it before Veronica came on, and you said that this is playing exactly as you foresaw. Tell us your ways. Uh, yeah. So, I, I think there's, I think there's, they're, they're always going to blame the player safety, right? And it's funny because it's actually called players' safety. Right? It's literally their job is to. Uh, make sure they have the uh, player safety uh, at heart. Uh, but, you know, with George Paros, I, I don't know how much of it is him. Like, I, I bet you that he looks down his list and says, okay, well, we do the well, CBA. And then, okay, let's hit him with two games. Well, let's pull out the CBA. And, you know, so a lot of the suspensions that he wants to lay out, and I, I don't think he's done a great job, but I wonder how much of this is tied into the collective bargaining agreement like that $5,000 fine was signed off by players, right? It's not George Paros who said, okay, guys, if somebody slams a guy's head into the ice, uh, I want to fine him $50,000. Yeah, let's go to the CBA. Uh, let's mm-hmm. get our uh, player, Brendan Gallagher. You're representing the Canadians. I think it's uh, Patrice Bergeron, Bre- uh, the Bruins get together, 31 votes. What do you guys think? 50,000. Oh, five. Okay. So he doesn't make that stuff up. So when people get upset about the $5,000, it's not George Paros' call. That's that, go get mad at your player representative first and foremost, and go get mad at the, the, the guys in the NHL because that's part of the CBA. So I thought it's exactly like that. 
Uh, Busnevich, I believe, is the player's name. That, yes. that part there was like that's a defenseless player who's not like I don't know. Can you be defenseless and still be the aggressor? I don't know, yeah. but you can definitely be defenseless and not even being the aggressor. So mm-hmm. he wasn't doing anything there. The guy was literally flat on his belly. So that's just like the wires touch, and that's not a good thing because that's yeah. we saw that with Rafi Torres for years. Brian Marchman many, many years ago was like that too. When the wires crossed, it just wasn't, it was, it was ugly. Uh, now the Panarin, it's going to be an unpopular opinion. Uh, God bless our Jeremy Panarin, but you jumped the wrong dude. Mm-hmm. When and, you're talking hockey, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and don't get me wrong. I was at the Bell Center the last time the Canadians were playing in a playoff game. And when Shea Weber was a, J- a JT Miller or whoever it was, and yeah, ragdoll them. Uh, you're not supposed to cheer in the press box. I was fist bumping. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> so like you know, imagine if Weber does that to uh, to Brad Marshall. Would there be a public outcry from Habs Nation? I don't know. So the Panarin yeah. thing, I-, I hated it because that's a star player. Uh, I totally respect Panarin for what he did. He stood up for his teammate. But Tom Wilson has every right to defend himself. Mm-hmm, that, that's mm-hmm. the bottom line. So the, the, the first shot, to me, uh, defenseless player, shot to the head, shot to whatever, that should be an easy one. That, 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 that's not even like, let's slow it down frame by frame. Was there contact to the head? Was there intent? Was there? No, no, you don't, you don't have to slow that down. That, that's a, that should be a, a one-game or two-game suspension. And the easy thing is suspend them the rest of the season. I think the Caps have four games left. And they're playing the Rangers, I think, tomorrow. So it could, it could get out of hand as well. But the Panarin thing, listen, that's just one strong dude ragdolling a guy that's not a strong dude. That, 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 that's unfortunate for that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I can see that too there. I think part of, the, part of the thing too is that you said, yeah, he just simply ragdolled him. Was that quite the idea that should have happened? And, you know, we can, it's easy to ask that because we're looking in, you know, hindsight now. Big guy, strong guy. Maybe he should have just wrestled and tangled him, you know, just uh, get a, you know, get hands on and start the scuffle instead of, you know, just yeah. tossing the guy. And, and I, too, which was ugly as well. And I'm, uh, yeah, exactly. The helmet and tearing it off. It was, there was a lot to it. That was a bit, that was a bit much, but like. Um, Horrifyingly violent is what the Rangers called it. Yeah, yes, it, they did. It was excessive. Again, I just think that that's the way that those guys. That hockey culture saw it in that room. That's exactly how it. Like last night, I was working the post game show, so working the yeah. post show, active on social media up until midnight at least. So I'm just watching things roll in, roll in, roll in. People are talking about suspension. What was suspension for? No way. They don't suspend in this league. Like mm-hmm. it, and it's Tom Wilson. It's not like I don't know. Let's pick a, like you know Josh Anderson, big, physical, strong guy, but no rep, but. You know, maybe one day when the wires cross, he might go off on somebody. Uh, and, and he did it, you know, par hasard. This is a guy that's done it all the time. So this it played out the same way I expected it to play out. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. yep no, that also, teams sense. have input into that CBA, like owners and management and all of that kind of stuff, too. So those will be the next steps. Like, I'm wondering for the next, um, you know, NHL uh, uh, Board of Governors meeting, you know, what is going to be talked about this is going to be part of that perhaps or is something like because it's it's this is i mean i've never seen a a team make a statement about a player and a and a ruling i guess like this because that's 
never happened before. So it's it's quite a thing, and it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. You look at some of the things that have happened in the National Hockey League in the last 10 years. Uh, you know, look at like Slava Voinov, who mm. was removed from the National Hockey League by Gary Bettman. No other team like jumped in on that and said like when right came out, no other team and said like, hey, get that guy out of our league. There's no place for him for that. And you're right, uh, Dave. For 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 a National Hockey League team to come out and call out another team, you can call out another organization, but to specifically call out another te- a player on another team, like mm-hmm. that's big. That is big. That and also just another one of the operating arms of the NHL. You know, the player safety folks. Um, this is the thing. If this is the New York Rangers. It's this is, this is a, a, an original six team. This mm-hmm. is a team that the head offices are literally down the hall from their head offices. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of clout. We might not think that the Rangers have a lot of clout, but the Rangers have a lot of clout. So you you hope that the Rangers make us think about it. It's not you know, I don't know. Let me pick yeah. on somebody. I don't know. It's not Arizona. Mm-hmm. It's not on Florida that can't really flex their muscles. Like this is you know Habs, Leafs. Red Wings, Bruins, Rangers, those are the teams that can flex their muscles. So, uh, you know, hopefully the, the Rangers here make enough noise to get something done here. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Really interesting. Now, I'm going to... If he had done that on the street, he'd be arrested. If I was Artemi Panarin's wife or girlfriend, I would oh call God. the police. Mm. I would. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. The, absolutely. um, not to, now, not to take a, like, another dump, because as great as the, as the Rangers are in, you know, and surprising, really, to, to call out something like this man they didn't go as hard on the league in regards to like Keandre miller for instance and the whole uh, uh and all the you know grief that he got from you know fans of the nhl and how the league handled that and how the rangers handled that so there's there's a lot to it, it's not at all related but just how how the rangers lose use that clout to try and make the game a bit either safe safer or better i'm really it's 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 too bad that they didn't, you know, go as far into it as that. But then when it comes to Panarin, star player, all their chips are in. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Mm. You did a great job at intermissions too yesterday, Simon. It was fun yesterday. Yeah. Good game. It's a lot of fun. Simon, do, do great all the time, Simon. Come on. <laughs> Jeez. I like with, with Mitch Gallo too. It's fun as well. It's not. It's not the best when when neither of us are. Uh, well, he was at the Bell Center and I was in the studio. Mm. Uh, Cause they won't let me in the bell center uh, for other reasons. They will. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was fine. It was, listen, it's, I love it when, I love when the Leafs and the Habs play. It's just, it, it's good hockey. First of all, uh, it's, I think it's the best hockey we've seen. Um, the Canadians play this year. I think the matchups with the Leafs is yep. they're top heavy, you know, Habs are a little bit more balanced and uh, two very active and very loud fan bases. It's good. Yeah, I, I think it's great. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I think, um, so the game, so one of the games last week, uh, you know, after our, our, you know, our happy hour episode last week, uh, was probably the worst game result wise that the Habs had against the Leafs, that four to one loss, which happens. But as you say, Habs and Leafs, they play each other really tight. And, you know, that was the case in the game last night. When there's a lot, there's a lot to talk about though, because the past week of games here's let's, let's break it down like that. So, um, on the 28th, Habs leaves, uh, Habs don't have it. And it's, it's, it's part of that, that lurch that they've been going through in April. And this, I mean, it was a bad, 
bad, bad time for 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 Habs fans because they they couldn't string together two wins to save their lives, um, and just players were not performing. After that game on the twenty eighth, Weber, you know, can't play anymore. Uh, was and did Jonathan Drouin's thing happen last week that he decided? It happened to... after our podcast episode. Wow, we got so much to talk about. So yeah. we'll frame all that in a moment, but we have a bunch of vets out. Uh, Price, Gallagher, Tatar uh, body injury, Drouin's out, Byron's out, Weber's out. That's the, that's like essentially, 35. yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's the, you know, the Trinity plus two of the Habs right now. So then we're going into the game on uh, the 30th, the last game against the Jets. And it is a complete, Completely different team on the ice. Of course, Cole Caulfield can finally make his uh, debut there. And, um, oh, no, not his debut. You know, he's had a, a game or two before then. But, man, oh, man, the uh, they, they uh, Habs end up winning 5-3 against the Jets. Next game against the Senators. And, and the Senators have played the Habs really well. But the to make a long story short, overtime starts. And can you believe it? Jeff Petrie gets into the zone. Wicked deke to get the, the puck out into the slot. Cole Caulfield's first shift in overtime nets it for the OT win. First goal in the National Hockey League. So thank God for Cole Caulfield. Now, and then he just ends up doing it again. <laughs> Twice. Uh, another overtime winner against the Leafs last night. And, you know, Simon, you say you were watching the game. Cole Caulfield, man, is he is he is he the Habs savior now? Can we can we jump to conclusions or do we have a lot more to see with the poor kid? I, I think, look, it's amazing that how that week started today. It's on Friday down to nothing or is it to nothing and three one. Right. And I'm like, Friday oh, yeah. down three, one, I go, this is going to end really bad. Like, I'm like, this is, this is going to trickle into tomorrow. There's no Weber. There's no price. There's no Gallagher. There's no, and it's not only that, like down three, one, and then pick up six of the next six points. Like that's how crazy, like that's how that fine line, that's what it was uh, for the, for the coffee. Listen, it, it, it's good that they have a player like that. Um, mm -hmm. uh, selfish. He's going to shoot. That's what he's supposed to do. I don't think he's going to look. I don't think he's going to be a dominant player five on five. It's just, it, it's very hard to be a, a player like that dominant five on five, but just be good at what you do. Mm -hmm. uh, you can be a difference maker um, on three on three with the Canadians woes. You know, you look at the last couple of years, they win a couple more games in three and three hockey. They're a playoff team. You know, they finished one point out of the playoffs two years ago. Easily. And the one thing where he could just make a living, kind of like the way Mike Hoffman has done for, for years, maybe not this year, but the last couple of years, just go make a living on the power play. That's it. Everything else will take care of itself. You know, mm -hmm. Anderson and Foley, and, you know, depending on, you know, Drew Ant comes back and when he comes back or Tatar, it gets re-signed. But the fact that they have uh, a guy like that, a guy like shoot first. I think that's like, even like with Nick Suzuki, this is where Nick Suzuki gets into a little bit tr trouble because he's a pass first. And now when he shows that shot a little bit, it opens up his game. So, but, you know, so he's got that. Jonathan Druin, when he's healthy and he's going, he's, he gives you, you know, maybe both looks, the, the, the shooter and the passer. But I'm just, they have a guy that doesn't want to pass. It's beautiful. It's, it's 
shoot, just shoot the puck. You know, shoot. Uh, you, you need that. You, you need that uh, on a club. You look at every club. You know, somebody brought up a nice comparable, Tarasenko. That, that's a really nice comparable. Okay, but on yeah. a team that's very well structured, St. Louis. You know, a team that won a cup not too long ago. He was that different cat on that team. He wasn't like you know uh, everybody else that had a two hundred foot game and this and that. He was a goal scorer. He found space. He created space for himself, and he took opportunities. So it's not like you're, you know, like, like Ryan Paling coming up. That's nice. Ryan Paling, I don't think, moves the needle. I just think he's another quality hockey player that plays the Lekkinen game, uh, the Dano game, uh, the Evans game, and that's good. But it's nice to have somebody that's completely different from that, a guy that just wants to shoot and score. So they haven't had that in a while. So that's the element that I like. For sure. Absolutely. And something – go ahead, sorry. Veronica. No, no, go ahead. I think it's important to point out too that these three games that they've won in a row um, and always from a deficit, each mm. of them from a deficit is despite missing all of this talent, I think that they've found something because they're, they're doing it from inside. Now there's something inside them that instead of like this shoulder slump and, Oh, you know, we lose every game that the other team scores first, they found something. And I think it's the best time of year for them to have found this. And I, I, like, I mean, I don't know how hurt Weber is. He looked pretty good skating yesterday. Um, I think that ho hopefully he just takes the rest of the season off and come back fresh for the playoffs. Like maybe the team just decided that's it. We, <laughs> we want playoffs. We can flip spots with Winnipeg in the standings. We're doing this. We're going to win. Like they've, they've, found something in each of these three games i think yeah, so they, I, they had opportunities and they pounced on them look even the, the ottawa game it was two nothing with five or six minutes left of that hockey game and uh, somehow they they got back in the game look there's there's you know if i mark bergevin there, there's no more excuses for them you know you're not bringing you know you're, you're bringing in some pretty good hockey players you're bringing in you know a, a former first round pick and cole caulfield and you're bringing evans who's established themselves and say what you want about for leak but you know he's out there he's on a fourth line they brought eric stall who hasn't been great Corey perry's been very good so uh he did his part right like he did his part as a general manager he went and got professional depth and mm -hmm. it, it's 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 showcasing itself right now and Jake Allen. Yeah, wow. Well, so important. Oh, oh yeah. he was so good last night. The, the Marner breakaway. And yes. The Nylander breakaway. Those are yeah. two massive saves. Yeah. They don't win that game without those two saves. Like, if it gets the 3-1, the Leafs figure out a way to close out that, that hockey game. So those are two massive saves. Massive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, um, interesting sidebar. It doesn't have too much to do with anything, but with Mike Forleek in the lineup, the Habs are 5-1. and one. Interesting just weird i like what i see when he's on the ice yeah uh he's he's uh paired up he's uh no he's on the trio with um perry and stall isn't he yeah. i actually forget from last the game last night they might have yeah, switched it up because yeah. the thing is though too because we see Descharm doing some really interesting things for instance in the game against the senators caulfield was on the bench for seven eight minutes but he was only rolling three lines because he knew that they were punishing the Senators and just keep the, the pace of the game flowing. Um, I think a similar thing happened last night with Kotkaniemi as well. Granted, I think they might have also sat him because of that slash during the power play there. So I, I don't know exactly yeah. what was going on. But you see, Ducharme's really, I think he knows perhaps 
finally how to use the team despite having to coach, you know, flying off the edge of the seat because of the schedule and whatnot. But that's the that's another really surprising thing is that the team looks great in these past three, four games. They're flying. So I don't know what what the what what got it, but whatever they found, great. Keep it going. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, being being able to to you know uh, hop over the Jets would be super cool. Because I love the idea of an Oilers Habs matchup. I like that too. I, I don't know. I I said I'd like maybe the Leafs in the first round, depending on uh, both. I like them both. Uh, depending on who the goaltending is, like if if the, if the Leafs are a lot better when they get Freddie Anderson uh, back. Uh, when when is that? My God. Well, he's supposed to yeah. be yeah, he's supposed to be skating with the club now and stuff like that. So we'll see how that plays out. But uh, it'll come down to goaltending matchups. So I don't know. Uh, Mike Smith has played well for the Oilers. If he gets maybe a couple of games off as well, because they lock into the two or three seed, he gets rested as well. I'll, I'll take my uh, nice story, Jack Campbell. But I will take my chances with uh, Jack Campbell versus Carey Price. Yeah, I want the Oilers. Because I actually like a lot of Oilers fans, and that's it. Like Brian that's- Wild, friend of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, oh, the, the thought of playing against the Leafs makes me ill. Oh, no, that's, I know. Can't, I can't wait for that. <laughs> it makes me <laughs> ill. That's what we sign up for. As fans. <laughs> you know, like. It's our own fault. You know, Yankee Sox. <laughs> uh, Lakers Celtics. No, mm. this is this is it. This is it. We got to live it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't have a dislike like you know, people always ask like Bruins Leafs who do you root for I root for the Leafs like I don't even get it like I don't even know that like I, I never understood the like I, I understood I shouldn't say I don't understand but like I don't know it wasn't a Leaf that tried to split Max Pacioretty in half it wasn't a Leaf <laughs> yep. that beat up Roman Hammerlick and Yarrow Spachek you know like it wasn't it was Andrew Ferentz giving me the finger while I was sitting at the Bell Center like in a playoff game so <laughs> I don't know. I, don't have a, I, I have no dislike uh, for the Leafs. They're a rival for sure. But for me, it's the Bruins are will and always will be the arch rival. And I guess maybe I don't have any uh, anybody close to me that's a Leaf. I have one buddy who's a Leafs fan, but quite a few, uh, including neighbors that are uh, Bruins. Bruins, fans. yeah. But I don't know. I've always felt like the Bruins are the uh, – look at all the playoff series. Like the last time the Habs and the Leafs played was 1979. I was born in 72. I remember the Habs winning the cup. I don't remember that series. Not, not for a second. Like, I remember that, like, my family, my brothers rejoicing over uh, winning the cup in the late 70s. I remember Guy Lafleur. I, I knew he was better than everybody else. I, I didn't know nothing about, you know, breaking down a game or anything like that. But I simply don't even recall a second of the Leafs and, uh, and the uh, Habs in, in that 79 series. So, uh, I don't know. I, I'm looking for – I want the hype. It, it's, and it's two good teams also. It's, you know, it's not the – the Habs is a one seed and the Leafs, you know, 20, 25 points behind them or vice versa. These are two good hockey teams. So I, I want to see this go at it. It would be super cool. Now, one thing that's been kind of plaguing the Habs, but since because of all the injuries and everything is all the cap and all the call up stuff. When it, when it comes to playoffs, that, that the door opens wide open and they can do whatever they want with the roster. How does that apply though to like AHL folks? Do they have to call them up before the series or? Well, I, I think they get to call up their, the name they've always used is the black aces. Okay. Like the reserve squad. So I think you can uh, take uh, 
as many players uh, from there. So you'll probably have at least five, six forwards, a couple of D, maybe even a goalie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Gotcha. And it will actually even more to that too with the playoffs. The NHL doesn't quite know what to do with the Canadian division yet too, right? I mean, they're, I think the assumption is, yeah, they'll have games in either rink, but I think there is also the idea of like once the uh, uh, once the semis come, maybe a bubble, something like that. I don't think anybody's really had anything, you know, pen to paper, this is what's happening. We don't have, no, that's too bad. I don't know what to do. Uh, um, it'll be because there'll be a competitive disadvantage too, right? Like, uh, yeah. You know, the teams that, you know, in the States, I know the, the Lakers announced that they're expecting the playoffs to play at at least 50, 60 capacity, 50, 60% capacity. Uh, you look at some baseball parks that are like at 50, 60. So the same thing with the, the arenas. Yeah. Uh, we'll see about the, they want to make a buck, but th- that's also a competitive disadvantage if you can have fans and the other guys can't have fans. Right. Yeah, it's going to be really, really weird. interesting again to see how that all plays out. What was the other part with that? So, okay, speaking about fans, uh, there was a tweet today that came out saying that it's being considered that the Habs are going to allow fans in for the playoffs. Who said that and why? Do you, did you see that today? I think uh, I didn't see it, but I ah. heard that the, the premier of the province or maybe the uh, the number one doc in the province uh, mentioned that there's a, a possibility mm. that, that there might be a, a Ruda. So that Ruda. There might, uh, might be a chance that there's uh, fans in the building. That's who it was. Yep, Doc Aruda. Simon? Yes. I have a question for you. Yeah. Because there was a lot of consternation created online last night when Steve Dangle got upset <laughs> about the way the Habs play in OT. Like just sailing around the ice. Yeah. He's so upset, but it's just like, well, as a fan of the team that won, I'm happy. I, I don't care. <laughs> well, listen, you're not going to sit there and uh, uh, cater to the Leafs' needs. Uh, <laughs> like, for the yeah. love you know, like the, the, the guys that can kill you through. I love what they did. Well, look at what they did at the beginning of the year. They so frustrating. I love when the no had the puck and was doing nothing with it and just had Matthews in front of him. I'm like, yeah, do that for the next 90 seconds until everything <laughs> goes off the ice. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, the Habs go 0-9. Oh, sorry, Simon. I find rhyme and reason here on three-on-three hockey. Like, there is, like, is there really a strategy? Like, yeah, hold on to the puck. The, today, uh, it'll be very trendy what the Canadians did. Hold on to it, hold on to it, circle back, circle back. Mind you, uh, tell Steve, next time you speak to him, the Canadians <laughs> held on to the puck for a long time. They still gave up a 2-on-0 to two yeah. players. <laughs> <laughs> who averaged 100 points a season and didn't get a shot on net. So uh, I don't know how flawless the Canadians, uh, you know, uh, play in three-on-three overtime. Was <laughs> they got a little bit lucky, like everybody else in overtime? But no, it's they have luck. Well, I, I they were they just showing off to passing, 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 passing back and forth to each other, Marner and Matthews. Yeah, well, that's and I, then they ended up looking silly. Yeah, that was that was funny. That was, <laughs> I guess Marner's trying to get uh, Matthews his fortieth, but yeah. I, don't think, I don't think Marner was expect. I don't think Matthews was expecting uh, the pass back. You know, I would, <laughs> if I was Marner, I would have gave it to Matthews, and I would have just like yeah, skated, but just skated leave back. it. You're on your own, big fella. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Foley had the breakaway too. He missed the. Uh, oh God. He missed the. He missed the uh, the net. Not that easy to score. I'm gonna have no. To score. I was at my uh, skate clinic last night, and we worked on shooting. I'm a terrible shot, Simon. Who would have thought? Yeah. I'm terrible. <laughs> Work on it. Exactly. Shooter, tutor. Don't they have that? The shooter, tutor? That's what it was called? 
Oh, uh, yeah, what did they do? I think it was something like that, but... Anyway, that's, um... It's hard, it's hard to score in the NHL, but thank God Cole Caulfield makes it look easy. Um, part of what Steve said, Mr. Dangle, was that he, he wasn't entertained by what the Habs did. And that got me thinking. I'm like, well, I mean, and I got in a little bit of a, a discussion oh, with I somebody on Twitter about that, too. Because is it, let's see, how to, how to frame this. You know, players go out on the ice and they're saying, I got to win. I'm not going to entertain. So, I mean, the Habs can do whatever they want to get the win, especially in overtime. I mean, if they have Matthews and Marner against them on, you know, whoever the 3-3 three three unit is for uh, the Habs up against that, if you have the puck, you're going to keep it. And you're going to wait to the perfect moment, especially in 3-on-3. Three because, three, I mean, Simon, like you said, there's no rhyme or reason. I mean, there's so much open space. And it's just, um, I don't know, it, it's a weird thing. I thought, it was a, I thought it was a pretty good three-on-three. Three. Yeah. Well, ask a Leaf person. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, even, but even the the, 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 the Habs goal was a nice goal. Like, if you're mm. a Leaf fan, at least you didn't watch, you know, I don't know, like, puck trickle in from the blue line. It, it was a decent skill level. That was I enjoyed the three-on-three. The um, uh, forgotten hero of the goal last night is Armia with the perfect screen up front, too, outside the creech. Crease pitcher perfect for Caulfield to get the goal, you know. It was uh that was a great play all the way. And Petrie again with the assist. Guy's a magician with Caulfield. It's great. Yeah, I don't the Jeff Petrie is I think the further we go along in the season, look, Tofoli's been fantastic. Mm. Uh, Anderson's been great, but it's uh I, I think Jeff Petrie even more so, maybe I don't know, maybe not as much as Carrie Price if Carrie Price is going, but it's it's amazing. Uh, Jeff Petrie plays at a high level. The Canadians win hockey games. It's yes. Crazy. First it, 15, 16 games of the season when they were talking about Norris Trophy and blah, blah, blah. Uh, he was just playing at, at a high level. And when he slumps, um, the team slumps. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, uh, he's played well the last couple of games. Suzuki, too. Suzuki's yeah. found himself the last couple of games. But Jeff Petrie is uh, um, playing all world. It's a good matchup for him. You know, maybe the Leafs team likes to skate, makes it a little bit easier for him than it is a maybe a, a Senators team that might be a little bit more physical. So it's a, it might be a or it seems to be a nice matchup for Jeff Petrie. But um, kind of crazy though, eh? Like when Shea Weber steps out of the lineup, how he takes his game to the next level, mm-hmm. and it's not like they even play with each other. Like like yeah, it's not like it, he should be always playing like that because it's not like Weber gets in his way because Weber is always on with somebody else. But um, I don't know. He gets a, a few more minutes. Gets a little bit more comfortable, but he was he was great yesterday. Yeah, there's um, it's an interesting conversation about the D when Weber isn't present because we, now we have you know a pretty good s- sample of how the team looks, especially in their own end. I mean, sure, they still have everyone's they're they're going to have trouble getting it out of their zone, and that's been like a it's it's been a storyline of almost the entire season. Habs can't get the puck out of their zone even when they have possession, but now Weber comes out. And of course, this starts the conversation. Oh, what should Weber's deployment be? It, yada, yada, yada. But we see Sharat with Romanov. Sharat is like a different player, too. He's looking so good while Romanov, man, he he has some blunders for a first for a first pairing guy that they gotta figure out with him. So he, you know, he probably needs to have a bit of a talking to. And as you said, Petrie, Petrie is like the hinge that the Habs, you know, win-loss, you know, 
uh, happens to, you know, <laughs> lean on, it seems. It, it's really interesting. But if not Petrie, it's just Sherratt's game has been a whole lot better uh, now that he doesn't, I guess, doesn't have to have Weber on his side. And like you say, Weber's going to be going after the guy on the other team. Maybe he's not as fast. Maybe he misses a check. That puts a lot of things in jeopardy. But it's it's interesting to see how the team's playing without that. And the power play, too. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I guess the but the Chirac, I think it's also your, your, the, the time off. Uh, yes. The, like, you know, uh, guys like Weber and Chirac or... I don't know. Uh, any guy that plays a little bit more of a physical game on the blue line, playing every second night against the other team's top pairing, yeah, uh, that's who's going to suffer. You know, that's who's going to suffer. So, you know, Ben Chirot getting a little bit of time off. I think the Weber, uh, the, the Carey Price thing, maybe too much time off. You know, I, I don't want to say it, but because he's splitting time with ja- Jake Allen, but he'll get back. But the Weber, I think when it's all said and done, it'll be a blessing that mm. uh, this. Uh, Price is going to the team with the team to Toronto. Yeah, he's skipping Ottawa. In Ottawa, right? They're in Ottawa tomorrow. Yeah, they're in Ottawa. Ottawa tomorrow. tomorrow yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he'll be skipping and meeting the team in uh, Toronto. Yeah, look, it's going to be interesting to see too how he comes back. That's a tough. Yeah, we had Campbell on last yeah. week, and he was saying get him four games, two games, minimum, maybe yeah. four games at the end of the season. Yeah, but yeah. now it's already. Yeah, you have to get him a few games for sure. Yeah, you have to get him a few games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that uh, carries on too. Again, when we were speaking to Campbell, but it's a, you know, it's a question that we have, we don't have an answer for is how much rest will the Habs have before the first round starts? Because the last few games of the regular season are going to be makeup games between the Flames and Vancouver. I think there's four matchups that go on maybe another week after the Habs uh, finish up their games against the Oilers, which are rescheduled. And his thought was, well, if Flames and Canucks are eliminated, maybe they'll start the first round while they're still playing. And I was like, oh, I'm not sure if that's happened before. So that's never happened before. No. <laughs> and the, well, I haven't been around for a global pandemic either. So I true. Like, a lot of new things the last uh, 18 months. Uh, but yeah, um, it, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see how the, the NHL plays it. I know like the NHL, I don't think they, they might have done it, but I don't remember. But I know the NBA will start a second round series before all the first round series are done. You'll see like game one of uh, round two while game seven still hasn't been played. Uh, they'll have to make some, uh, some decisions. Uh, and again, it's, you know, you want to talk about that competitive disadvantage mm. or advantage. I don't know how you, you I, I'd like to see the Canadians have four days off while the Edmonton Oilers are still playing meaningless uh, um, yeah. games. I, I don't know how that's going to roll well with Edmonton or Winnipeg or whoever is still fighting for at least the seeding part there, you know? Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, right. because right. yeah, the, the Leafs and the Canucks, uh, no, not the, sorry, the Flames and the Canucks still have games that uh, absolutely don't matter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah isn't i think it, uh go ahead sorry isn't it normally about a week between regular season and playoffs i'd say maybe a little bit less if i remember correctly like saturday night was always the the season finale and then playoffs always usually start on a wednesday I don't know, I, I, oh I, yeah 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 yeah. tuesday and wednesday that kind of uh yeah yeah, yeah. Kind of scenario 
mm-hmm. <coughs> a lot less well, depending on who they play right it might be a little bit you know uh edmonton montreal is some pretty decent travel compared to what true usually montreal boston or you know montreal whoever uh ottawa uh, but uh, a couple of days off will be good for them i, I think especially for uh, uh for carry price yep i agree I'm trying to think <laughs> yeah. back, you, because you mentioned uh, having, <clears throat> like, the second round start before the first round ends. I thought something like that happened in the NHL, like, two seasons ago. <clears throat> of course, I say that, I can't remember what series it was, but I thought it was weird that it had occurred. Okay, I don't know, I'd have to, I'd have to look it up now. NBA does it all the time. And NBA does it because they want to start... <laughs> Uh, if they have an open time slot on a Sunday, which is their yeah. big day, uh, they're not going to just not put something there. They'll start a series because they want to put something on, you know, they have their 12 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 6 o'clock tip-off. Uh, and if they need to start a series uh, in one of those spots, they'll start a series. I, I like that too. Like, who cares? Start it up. Yeah, if it's not, you know, if it doesn't mess with the bracket, whatever, you know, so. Yeah. Makes sense to me. Yeah. Well, cool. I think so, that's... Yeah, it's- I think it's pretty cool how things have been, how how much of a difference one week made in the Habs fan base. Because <laughs> last last Tuesday, we were in fear, or Habs fans were in fear of missing the playoffs entirely. And I was just like, whoop, we'll leapfrog Winnipeg in the standings now. <laughs> yeah, it's great. And, yeah. Um, yeah, a week ago. <laughs> it looked good, though, but the, 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 whatever, it's just, you know, you. I don't know if there's any style points when you lose. It's uh, it's pro sport. Yeah. Uh, there shouldn't be, you know, winning should be what matters. But there's losing, and then there's losing in the way that they were losing. And yeah, Anthony uh, went to Winnipeg. I was like, Ooh, this is this is not going to end well. This is going to be a very very difficult uh, very difficult uh, week. It would have been a crazy week if you think about it. Like there just would have been a whole weekend, like a Friday game, and then you know a Saturday game, and uh, if that goes bad, that people would have been just going nuts for for an entire uh, entire weekend. But mm-hmm. them figured out a way to to get it done. Um, they found their inner Gallagher. They found something. Yeah, found something. for sure. Yeah, found their jobs. Uh, some of them. Yeah. Are. I don't know. Uh, Do your job. <laughs> tough for everybody. Like yeah. tough for Bergevin. Like if he like if he didn't make the playoffs, you can sit there and. Is he fired? You got anybody who says he should be fired? You, you got to listen to that. Anybody like me who says, uh, okay, but man, like the acquisitions he made, one was, you know, forget the Eric Stahl. It doesn't disrupt the balance of the club. Like it's, you know, it, it's not. He didn't take out, you know, Thomas the Tard and put Eric Stahl in that spot. He got a guy that's going to play nine to eleven minutes and, and maybe some quality minutes down the stretch of a hockey game, but. You know, it, he would have been in a tough spot. He, he made acquisitions. Every one of them worked out. You have a, a coach that comes in. He knows the club, but it's not his club and how he moves things around. There's a lot of pressure there. You got Armia, Tatar, no with no contracts. The moment the season is done, it would have been like an, uh, a crazy oh, yeah. down there, coming down the stretch. It would have been very, very... Uh, I shudder to think. 
Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say fascinating, but it wouldn't have been fascinating. Would it no, been, it would have been a debacle. Yeah, it would have yeah. been. Yeah, it would have been like watching a train wreck happen live. Like, oh my god, <laughs> like the worst kind of spectacle. The um, but you know, it, it's funny too, Simon, because you know the past month of play before this week, like you said, they were losing bad and they did not look like they were really enjoying themselves out there either and i keep kept thinking to that uh episode that we had you on last at the beginning of this season where you said you know this is bergevin's team and if it doesn't perform you know he's probably in the hot seat so um now this week happens hey great team looks awesome and uh, now they have a chance to uh leapfrog uh winnipeg but um i i i i was keeping that in mind uh quite often what you said about Bergevin there so yeah he's see how the rest of the season goes uh often yes (laughs) I have he said that yeah listen he's in a tough spot Mm -hmm. Uh, it's also expectations right um uh it's a fan base that uh, is uh frustrated um and uh, you know like it's easy I, I I could you know depending on the day I who I, I blame uh, players and general manager. Very rarely I go after uh, coaches. I just, I respect the coaching in the National Hockey League, but I, I, I find like it's, um, the, not to be disrespectful to coaches, but it's a game played with flow. Like there's no, like football, there's a play, it lasts six seconds, you stop, and there's like six coaches that have to make a decision on what the next play is going to be. There's a reason why NFL teams carry, you know, 15 coaches. Uh, you know, I sometimes say it about soccer and people get very mad and I'm like, well, there's three substitutions. Two of them are usually to milk the, milk the clock uh, and there's no timeouts. So it's, it's a game of flow. It's not a game. It's, it's a game of flow. So when there's more game of flow, I find there's a little bit less coaching. So very rarely do I go after um, NHL coaching. I like to put the emphasis on the players. Like, yeah, you know, I put, my, I put myself in Mark Bergeron's spot. Okay, what exactly did, could I have done more? And again, I, I'm totally for, if somebody says, Simon, it's no playoffs victories in half a decade. This is the Montreal Canadiens. It's not the Columbus Blue Jackets. He's got to go. Like, okay, like, you're right. You know, um, you do that with the <laughs> Lakers, you're gone. You go, five, you go five years without making the playoffs, you do that with the Celtics, you're gone. But, you know, this would have been an interesting predicament because the guy did his job. He made this club um better and and i think like the guys that have struggled this year i find you know there's the has been very good of late but he went on a stretch where he wasn't uh you know very good uh nick suzuki last you know week and 10 days has been fantastic ever since those back-to-back goals against the vancouver canucks you know he went missing a bit so it's kind of like the guys that he brought over the new guys that came in like they came in as advertised jake allen's been great Corey perry's like you know making no money playing on a fourth line he's been fantastic and anderson and tofoli like tofoli's got to be in the, in the running for a heart trophy i don't know where oh, yeah. he, he's in oh, that wow. mix yeah. there, but <laughs> i don't know if the canadians are a playoff team without tyler tofoli you know was it 25 whatever the number is somebody else will 28 some of those goals but nobody's going to replace all of those goals uh so it would have been a would have been a tough stretch here for the canadians if, if it, it, it didn't come undone mm-hmm. we'll see i don't know if uh, an earlier on exit I don't know how the front, you know, the big, big office will, will, will handle that, but. I'm yeah, not... I agree with you. I don't, I don't know what more he could have done. No, I, I don't think he could have done anything. else. 
I honestly don't think he could have done anything else. I think his players could have played better. Yeah. Um, you know, and then, you know, there'll be the guys, you know, why did you sign this guy and why did you sign that guy? That is the reality, but uh, it's still going to be a very, like having this discussion uh, with a buddy, uh, was it yesterday during the Ottawa game on, on Saturday? I'm like, like Tatar, Deneau, Armia, no contracts in, in two weeks from now. They're done. They're no longer, you know, they'll play the playoffs. And then after that, they're free agents. Uh, Jonathan Drouin, you know, you know, we don't talk about it, but does he come back? Yeah. Come back. Is it, uh, uh, you know, I don't know him. I've never spoken to the guy. I know nothing. I, nobody, I, I don't speak to any insiders. They don't return my calls or my text <laughs> messages. So it's just, I'm like you, we just sit on the outside and speculate, you know, but you probably think a fresh, uh, some fresh scenery will probably do that young man a lot of good. So you have, you know, so drawing that question mark, Tatar, Armia, Dino, Kokinyemi is going to get a new deal. It's still going to be a, a very, very interesting uh, off season uh, with the Canadians. I should have saved this for another podcast, not the, uh, the one leading <laughs> up to the playoffs. I should have saved it for the one after the playoffs. Yeah, that's going to be that's going to be a good one. But now, just circling back to Tyler Toffoli and just how good he's been. Um, he, according to fancy stats, like expected goals for and all those at even strength in particular, Tyler Toffoli is in the top five of the league in that regard. And he's in the same, uh, you know, he's in the same tent as Brad Marchand, Mikko Rantanen, Austin Matthews and Connor McDavid. And then there's Tyler Toffoli, top five in the league for that. And that came out uh, uh, during the, at least that was, that was the stat last week. So maybe the I just find bar tipped, but what I find amazing is like there's no cheap goals. No, I got no. I guess the empty netter, but it still was from his end of the rink. It was a backhand. Yes. They're like, yes, to, that was. Know? And Anderson just let it go in. He he could have. Yeah, yeah, but uh, it's like he's just scoring goals, man. Like it's not like you know I don't know, like off somebody's skate or you know yeah. takes a shot and he pounces on a rebound with nobody in front like they're like it's a you know coming in off the wing finding space in the slot the the, the pass yesterday from Suzuki was brilliant oh yeah but even like I saw the you saw the goal I'm like oh it's a nice goal good finish and then they showed the replay on the like with the camera angles and all that and like he buried it upstairs I'm like what the hell's going on here like incredible incredible I've always liked Tyler Toffoli yeah. Uh, if, I, if I were to root for a team in the NHL, like my second favorite team, it's always been the LA Kings ever since they went with Gretzky and they changed their, oh, wow. they went to the silver and black. I was like, Oh my goodness. That's like, uh, <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah, again, being a Lakers fan, you know, whatever you just cheer for the, LA that makes squad. sense. Yep. So I've always liked the Lakers. Uh, sorry, the Kings. I, I really enjoyed their cup runs. Just, uh, Kopitar and, and, uh, Justin yeah. and Jonathan. I like those clubs. I, just, I don't know. I just kind of like those teams. So I've always kind of kept an, an eye on, on Tyler Toffoli, but even in Vancouver last year, it was good. But yeah, like he's, I don't know, McKinnon, Matthews, McDavid. I think Crosby's in the mix for MVP. And Tyler Toffoli's in there with the Brad Marchands and yeah, and, and, every, and everybody else, man. That, that's, that's crazy. It's crazy. Did not expect that from Tyler Toffoli. Yes, a goal scorer, but you know, well, what was gotten for him this season is pretty, it's pretty incredible. And, uh, you know, 
good on the Habs, essentially. So good on the Habs and good for Tyler to Foley, especially. So that must be really cool for him. Did you see him fixing his hair last night? Yes. <laughs> they made it. They made a. They made a really good gif about that. <laughs> he's, got the, he's got that pose there, right, where he puts his arm like. Yeah, that just. The... What's the hell is that about? Like, like probably poor guy probably doesn't even know he does it. You know. Like, yeah. You know, on Twitter, he's gonna be like. Why, why did anybody tell me I do this? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my friends cool. make fun of me for w- the way I stand sometimes because it, it's almost like that, but I don't even know that I'm doing it. Oh, like, geez. Yeah. With, like, where are you doing it though? Like, I work? Well, I got a club? <laughs> when I'm standing, like I'm standing in line or yeah. I don't know, oh. at work. <laughs> ready for the camera. Yeah. Ready. <laughs> ready for ready for the close-up. <laughs> Oh, let's see here. We're coming on eight minutes. I'm trying to. Oh, so let's 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 end on a downer. Man, what is what has anyone heard about Jonathan Drouin? Um, I'm trying to. I have a lead on this only in so far. Dale Weiss, you know, has his show, yeah. The Habs Nightly, and he spoke about the Drouin uh, situation, and a lot of folks were saying, at least on social media. That's where I get all my news, social media, right? That's source for it. He's saying the media, you know, is really harsh in Montreal. And certainly is. But Dale Weiss went to bat for Drouin saying that he would be shocked if Drouin took time off because of the media pressure. And um, he was mentioning more so that, you know, of course he wishes Drouin well, as we all do. But perhaps there's, you know, a... um. You know, like a, a a family situation, a personal situation going on where he's uh, taking time off. And I only mention it because a lot of folks said, well, the fan base has to be nicer to the players. And I can I understand the uh, the want for that, but I'm not I'm, I'm, I'm always I don't I, I didn't like how that was the reason that a lot of people said, oh, that's why he's going off. It's like we have no idea why he's you know taking yeah. time for himself. I was wondering if you had any thoughts on that, Simon. Um, because I'm a, I'm a sports junkie, uh, I, this will be a very unpopular opinion. Oh, man. Honestly, I, I, I don't know why people think the Canadians' media is harsh. Uh, I, I don't see it. I know that you might think it's very silly. Uh, I follow American sports. I follow the New York market. I watch ESPN, whether it's PTI. I listen to you know, radio stations out of Chicago uh, when they destroy the Bears. I, I don't, I think that there's two things here. And one thing that always bothered me was, remember a couple of years ago with the Carey Price and his, and his wife went to social media and, and, and spoke about it. And, and, and not that I disagreed with her, but I was like, people have to be careful when they say the media. The media is the following. TSN, TSN 690, RDS, TVA and Sportsnet. Like those aren't, they, they never wrote anything about Carrie Price. There, there is not, nobody can send me a clip or a link about them going after the man or his, his private life. So the thing with Jonathan Drouin, when they, people want to blame the media, there's two things here. You know, whether it's me who doesn't make $7 million a year or it's Stephen A. Smith who does make $7 million a year, they have a job to do. And you have every right to be as critical as you want to be about the athlete. That's what you get paid to do. 
nobody gets mad at anybody who's, you know, sitting on a, on a committee for the greater Montreal uh, school board. You, you want them to be critical of their teachers. You want them to be critical of their principals, but you can't cross the line. And like, I'll use an example, like Tony. Tony yells and screams. Tony never said anything about Jonathan Joy, the man. Never. Knuckles never said anything about the man. They talked about the hockey player. So for me, the media has been critical of the Canadians since the 40s, since the 50s, and Knuckles lived it in the 70s, the 80s, and the 90s. And I don't think it's an overly critical media. I don't. I think it's. I think that's just people throw it out there because they think it's, I don't know, like they think it's right. It isn't. Go see other, like go see other markets all over the world. Go see how they, like, go, did you see what happened? Like, you want to talk about markets? Did you see what happened in England when, like, four clubs wanted to separate? They, they rioted. They, they stormed, you know, old Trafford. Like, that's the media creating, uh, and people were going after people personally. So I believe it's the cesspool that is on social media. Yeah. That's it. 100%. That's it. That's it. Like, like you know, I'll, t- any, I'll go on any podcast. I'll go on any radio station. And I'll go anywhere and I will sit there until the host tells me where somebody has gone too far. Simon, this member of the media, uh, John Lou said this, uh, Stu Cowan said that. They don't. They don't. They don't. I don't see personal attacks on the Canadians' players. Uh, when they play bad, does Tony take it too far? Yes. But he's allowed. That, that's his job. He, he's not there to be a cheerleader. He's allowed to be overly critical. So again, and again, is it, you know, you listen to a guy who is, I'm not a member of the media. I, I work for a, a company that is a, you know, yes, part of the media, but I, I don't have a press pass. I've never asked anybody ever a question. Zero. Like the time, <laughs> that, the time that I was uh, like uh, in, the, in the locker room was with the, the first the last time I was in the locker room, I think the first time I was in the locker room and the last time I was in the locker room, Predators, Habs, P.K. Subban's return. And I was like trying to figure out a way to steal a towel. And like, <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm, t- I'm leaving with a towel. That's what I'm doing. What do you think I'm doing? I'm not going to. I'm getting a towel. I'm like, I don't want to ask a question. Like Pat Hickey's going to ask a question. <laughs> I, I feel for Jonathan Joy because this to me, uh, it's 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 so sad because this guy I, I don't know him. He grew up I think in like in Saint Jerome, which is about 25 minutes from my house here. Highly likely, you know, let's to be stereotypical, a young francophone player probably uh, loved the Montreal Canadiens, right? And he gets traded to the Canadiens, and you think like, wow, this is I'm playing I'm a Hab. Like what, what's better than that? Like being from La Belle Provence and, and you're a Hab. Mm-hmm. see where it's gotten now but again i'm sorry i'm, I'm rambling but oh. i just i don't see like we have to make sure like there was a tweet yesterday some leafs pr thing had nothing to do with toronto maple leafs organization talking about if matthews those 10 games where he didn't oh god i but but veronica click on the on the response like people are like this is why nobody takes the toronto media for uh, you know they make fun of it that's not the Toronto media, dude. It's editor and leaf. That's editor and leaf. Check mark. You're a blogger, and there's nothing wrong with being a blogger, but that's not a member like of the media. Like Myrtle's a member of the media. Bob McKenzie's a member of the media. So again, long. I'm sorry. You're our guest. So just I the the, the haves like media when you cross 
the line when they walked into a, a hospital room and they took a picture of Saku Koivu on, uh, in, in a hospital. That's crossing the line. You know, going outside Jose Theodore's house to me is crossing the line. Going on San Rafael golf course and taking pictures of Guy Carbonos crossing the line. You're, they're allowed to be as critical as they want to be. We, we are as, you know, many people were critical uh, of the 45th president of the United States. Many people were critical of the 44th president of the United States. You know, you can be, you're allowed to be critical. I just, I, I don't, I, I don't want to make the Canadians media out to be uh, bad guys because they're not. And I, I don't know who people would consider bad guys, but I never saw an attack from the media, Jonathan Drouin, the person. Where I saw that was on social media. And those are two different things. For sure. Yeah. Um, it's accessible. Like, really you guys, quick. You guys have had so many, you guys had Brian Wild. Like, when's Brian Wild cross the line? When's Francois Gagnon cross the line? You guys have had John Lou. When's John Lou? When's Sean Campbell cross the line? It's not, it's not mm. and I'm sorry, I apologize just using members of the English media, but you know, yes. I, you know Francois Gagnon, uh, you know, I, I don't think he's ever, you know, you know, uh, I've never seen him cross the line. So I like um, him. Yeah, it's good. And again, I, I'm sorry. And like for, for players, you can't be on social media, man. You can't like, no, you know, like people are angry. Leap Dano uh, deleted his account. Good. Yeah. From Twitter. Good. Yeah. good. It's the best. It's the Kevin best possible Weimer thing. Said that if he was a general manager, he would make, he would ask his players to do that. I don't know how that would resonate in a locker room, but I think when a general manager or a coach does that, I think all you have is your player's best interest at heart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. All you have. Yeah. Uh, we talk about key, keyboard warriors and people hiding behind that. Like I, I love when people tell me off like this and that and like no picture and you know yeah. seven nine and I'm like, dude, like you're, you're you know you're a coward. Like show yourself at least. Yeah. You know, to, so now it's it's a it's a cesspool. Yeah, and, and I feel for Jonathan Joy. Um, again, you see him, man. Passive, never aggressive. Like wanted to be here, smile on his face. It was his dream come true. This is and imagine Veronica, your dream come true is becoming your nightmare. Exactly. You know that's 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 not a good place to be. So yeah, uh, you know how we got down this road. We talk about you know just players you know might not be here next year, but I wish him the best, man. And if it's not here, so do I. So be it. Yeah. But I just, I just, I don't get many platforms. So when I get a chance to protect the media a little bit, Good. I, think we have, I think the city has an, uh, has an excellent media. And again, just following the media in this city for, for forever. There's been very few times that uh, members of the media, to me, at least in my eyes, have, uh, have crossed the line. Yeah. Well said. And I'll even uh, uh, piggyback that. Uh, we had Eric Engels on uh, a couple weekends, a couple weeks ago, and he was talking about uh, media during covid because to them it's a completely different job for them to do their job they have to ask some really you know some questions that probably aren't intuitive or you know quote unquote nice you know about players and coaches and whatnot and yeah simon i completely agree it's not media it's the rabble of social media that makes it you know difficult uh for folks and in uh Druen's case and like look, look at i love eric you know oh yeah I go golfing with, with Eric. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen Eric uh, be malicious. But the problem was this. Like, I have 9,000 followers. Eric's got like 70,000. But there are people that are nasty and angry with 150,000 followers. You know? Like, you know, it, it, how, look, look how quickly, like, the, the, like, 
you know, members of the media, like went after Gordon Miller, when it when it went after when he had his comments about Barstool, like, mm-hmm. the guy's getting attacked, with, you know, people who have hundreds of thousands of followers sicking their dogs on you. So that's how, how yeah, it uh, could become very quickly. So it's not just, you know, we think, oh, it's a blogger or just a Leafs fan. Yeah, but that Leafs fan might have 150,000 hardcore blue and white followers that could care less about anything, you know, so. Right. And to Gordon Miller. Sorry. Uh, A few weeks ago, a Leafs fan caught me saying something about Austin Matthews. And I was all of a sudden was in my mentions and was quote tweeting it to all of his followers. And it got to the point, Simon, that like I can take a good chirp. I'm friends with somebody from every single fan base on Twitter. You're insane. I can take I, I can take chirps, but they started talking about my kids. They started talking about my livelihood. They started like this just awful. So I just finally one night I just blocked them. I just muted them all. But then I was constantly getting notifications too about when somebody liked one of their replies to me. So I would see that too. So I just finally just one night I blocked them all and there's like 600 of them. Yeah, it's crazy. It's and just crazy. getting personal and saying shit. And I'm like, you're a complete stranger. Yeah. And this is a sport, man. Yeah. yeah. Like I have, you know, like, like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know how you can hate in sports. I honestly don't. Like I, I get like, you know, you know, Sedano Charo trying to split Max Pacioretty in half. That's not a good look. <laughs> Uh, I think you have every right to, to dislike Big Z. Uh, you know, th- you know the stuff Tom Wilson is like. Like I don't know. I'm like I'm a Bears fan. Like I've never said a negative word like about Aaron Rodgers. I just I marvel at the brilliance. I know you know me and uh, V are gonna disagree here. Like I really enjoy watching Austin Matthews play hockey. Like I got I got I got a mortgage, man. I got I'm trying to. We're, me and my wife are trying to get two. Like I got no time to be angry watching hockey or yelling at hockey. Life. Yeah, <laughs> enough on my plate that one you know like so i can't and to be very like uh, sexist or almost stereotypical like yelling at a woman too like calling out like what's wrong like where were you raised man were you not raised by a mother like was that did they skip that part in your house like but anyways yeah. and they keep on telling me that they live rent free in my head I don't care about them. Oh, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I, that is. I, I, don't, I don't care about them. I, I'm talking about the leaps when I tweet about Austin Matthews, not fans. I don't care what you think. Such a loaded phrase. Yeah. Ugh. I mean, everybody's rent free. rent free in general. I'm not paying money anybody. So whatever. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, they're out of my life forever. No, I just, it's too bad. Good. It's, yeah. You know, but, you know. Uh, yeah, Veronica and I, I don't, Dave, I don't know if you, you have kids or anything like that, but that's, that's the, you know, like, you know, you, I have kids. Yeah, yeah, I know. But you like, that's what I, my wife and I, we worry about, like, I yeah. worry more about what's going to happen. You know, my daughter got an Instagram account, grade seven. Yes. Like I worry more Woo-hoo! about Instagram account than like a math result. Like, yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah, man. Math results can be resolved. You no, know, we just have to work harder. and we have to study harder, but like the craziness that can happen on, on social media and, and, and nobody is excused from it. Right. Like, we had that. a lot, we had, a, we had a long talk with um, Sophia when she got her account and, the, you know, like, you know, dirty old men and stuff like that. Like just had like a really frank conversation with her because um, in her middle school, a couple of guys were circulating a nude mm. nudes of a little girl. 
it's crazy. So anyway, I put the fear of God into her. She's that's always it. I saw yeah. fear all the time. Yeah. Gotta terrify them. Yeah, that's it. That's the only yep. way to do it. <laughs> Parents with fear. Yeah. Now it. that she's 19, she's almost 19. Yeah. She does whatever she wants with her account. And I'm just like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. Such a beautiful girl. Oh, it's funny. Uh my my daughter. I guess at lunch, they're allowed to pull out their phone. I know they're allowed to pull out their phone. So she went on, what is it, Instagram Live, just in her classroom. And I was sitting, uh, having a coffee. And it pop- and I, I very rarely, on Insta- I use really Instagram for oh, no. estate and Twitter and Twitter for sports, right? So yeah. and I'm like, pops up and they're like, yeah, what? A lot? I commented, hey, girl. <laughs> it's like, oh. They're like, yeah, that's right. Get back to school. It's like, it's my lunch break. I promise. I'm like, okay. But yes, Veronica, fear. Self-fear all day. Fear. fear. That's it. Yeah. We follow each other and she lets me follow her. Yeah, that's it. Oh, my God. So (laughs) I have not experienced the joy of parenting. And I give all credit to you, too, because that is a, that sounds like a lot. I'm just going to put it like that because I can't put it into words because I have no idea. Oh, my God. (laughs) That's that's still remarkable. But now we are over time. Um, but no, this is all really good, you know, and all the best to John Drouin. Good luck to the Habs. And I guess we'll just have to see what the league does about Mr. Wilson. But um, Simon, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, it's Simon. always a big always pleasure. A and, um, you know, can't wait for things to die down. And, you know, maybe we can all get together and have ourselves a drink at some point. Yeah, I agree. So with that, um, all right. Goodbye, listeners. Thanks for tuning in. Have a subscribe, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.